0: Driver, we're clear. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of The Florida Project, the podcast where Disney fans celebrate Walt Disney World. If you like Disney and you like podcasts, you'll probably like The Florida Project. My name is Will, and across from me is Jason. Hey, Will. It's good to see you. You too. Right here in person. Indeed. Speaking to you live. as if we're right across the
1: table
2: from one another. Yeah. Which but, we are. Or are we? No, we are. Yeah, we are. And next to both of us is Michael. You can call me Captain Nemo tonight. Do we have to, though? Aye, aye yes, Captain Nemo. Hmm. I require it.
0: Okay, Captain.
1: Can we call you Cap? Sure. Cappy? No. Skipper? Skipper. Oh, yeah. Oh, can we
0: call you Skipper? Skip?
2: Sure. Cool.
0: If you'd also like to call Michael Skipper and like to support <laughs> the show, get access to some awesome bonus content and even hang out with us on our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel, become one of our Patreon saints at patreon.com slash Podcast. All of our Patreon Saints get access to two additional shows, TFP Extra Uh, extra. and Disney Classics. (laughs) Each week on TFP Extra, Uh, Extra, we keep the podcast train rolling with more zany fun, the airing of grievances, and a topic that may or may not be Disney related. On the monthly Disney classic series, we watch and discuss each of Disney's animated classic films. And our next one will be the greatest of all time, The Lion King. I guess that's up for debate. I don't know. That's just my opinion. It's definitely up for debate. It's pretty darn good. The greatest of all time. But is it better than Moana? Yeah. Is it? It is. Is it?
1: It is. Is is. If I just keep saying, is it, will you change your mind?
0: Eventually. Is it? (laughs) We don't have that kind of time. Don't we? Rats. (laughs) Additional levels and rewards are all on the Patreon site, so sign up at patreon.com slash TFP podcast today and get more of the Florida Project. In this episode, we'll discuss some nonsense and small topics. Michael will give us the latest news. I will take us on a trip down Main Tweet USA, and then we'll shine the spotlight on another opening day-ish attraction in honor of walt disney world's 50th anniversary all of that and more is coming up on this week's episode of the florida project
3: it's a small topic after all it's a small topic Topic. small, Topic. small topics
1: humanity is doomed and we must create a probe to seed another planet with genetic material and various things to help rebuild society. We decided to put one Disney movie in the probe. What movie is it?
2: Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's a good one. It's a tale as old as time, so. Mm-hmm. Disagree. Hard disagree. The Black Hole. Lion black Caudron.
0: <laughs> Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> so we know how to build bike uh, shelters. <laughs> Might as well send You them. gotta
1: learn. The complete uh, Gilligan's Island. <gasps> That'd be great.
2: <laughs> but if only Disney owned it. Give it 10 minutes and they might. Yep. You also need like a pirate ship or something to crash so you can get your supplies. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: That too. Don't worry about that. We'll get there. Probably water in an atmosphere. Well, if we don't have water in an atmosphere, we're going to be screwed anyway. Yeah, that's true. It would be weird
2: if we picked a planet that didn't have water yeah. in an atmosphere to so send just our saying. probe. And a DVD player. Yeah. Was Lost in Space based on Swiss Family Robinson? Because they were the Robinsons. And they had to like set up a new society on each planet every week.
1: Yeah, probably. Why did they go to di- a different planet? Why would
0: you set up a society each week?
2: I think they're they were lost, so they yeah. were trying to get home.
0: Yes. It's loosely it based it on loosely. the 1812 adventure novel uh-huh. Swiss Family Robinson.
2: I just huh. made that connection. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Navatron, don't stand with him. No. It's Navatron, It's he, he Bracketron's
1: was cousin, Navatron, <laughs> who is in the Lost in Spaceship. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. The Ergo, or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> no, it's the
2: Jupiter. Lost in Spaceship. No, it's the Jupiter 2. Oh. It's the Lost in Spaceship. That's Jupiter. What <laughs> Jupiter 1. <laughs> they lost it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Mine would be,
0: yeah, probably beating the Beast too, because it's the best. You guys are going to be screwed. It's going to take you forever to build that castle.
2: Uh, It'll take us ever more. Oh. So you'll just oh, die. Not live action Beauty and the Beast. You just died of boredom on the new <laughs> planet.
0: Ugh.
1: All right. If you were doing an all stars tour of Walt Disney World where you visit each park but can only do one thing while at each park, what
2: one thing would you choose? Does the thing have to be like an attraction?
1: No, you can get a corn dog, but that'll like you, you can get a corn dog, but you can't ride Space Mountain if you get a corn dog.
2: He probably shouldn't have.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I really like corn dogs. <laughs> I do. Is that what your pick for Magic Kingdom is yeah. going to be then? uh, It's possible. I'll have to think on it
1: a little bit. Okay. We'll come back to Magic Kingdom. Okay. All right. Let's start with Animal Kingdom. Let's go in
0: reverse order. The Safari. Absolutely. 100% the Safari. Really? Otherwise, you don't need that park. What about... What about it? Flight of Passage. What about it? In Pandora. The I forget world of about Avatar. that ride as much as I do the movie. No, you don't. No, I don't. I forget about the movie way more often. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's fine. I'm doing Pandora, The Flight of Avatar. That's not a thing. Flight of Passage.
1: <laughs> Michael, what are you doing in Animal Kingdom?
2: Yeah, I'd probably do Pandora slash Flight of Passage or Flight of Passage. It is Flight of Passage, right? Yeah, Flight. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Rise of the Resistance. Wait. (laughs) If it ever opens again, Fantasmic. That's a good one. Apparently, they drained the moat again. People felt it was getting ready, and they drained
2: it again. They filled it, then they drained it. It's foreshadowing for our conversation later.
1: Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun.
2: All right, Michael. I'm gonna go with rock and roller coaster. Beauty and the Beast live on stage. No. <laughs> everything's Beauty and I the sense Beast. I sent a theme.
0: Enchanted Tales with Belle. <laughs> it's not even open. I don't care. I like the area. <laughs> Meet Belle in the, in France. <laughs> no, they have the. Do they still have the sing along? Oh Epcot? yeah, the sing along.
1: Yeah, you could do all beauty and the beast. No, you should
2: not. Some of that isn't very good. <laughs> it's a rock and roller coaster for you. Yeah. Mainly just for the launch.
1: Yeah. Mine might be um Snuggler's Run. I really enjoy that ride. I, I like enjoy the cue. It. I like the gimmick.
0: It's I, fun. I like the button pushing and the switch flipping. And the Millennium Falcon sitting right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's at life-size right there. Mm -hmm. You go get
2: on it. And it's so satisfying when you launch the Harpoons. I don't know why. Specifically the Harpoons as the engineer. I think that's one of the best things. I have been a pilot
0: in a long time. I need to do that again.
2: Uh,
0: Epcot. Living with the land. Easy. Oh, my God. You can't mean that. Easy. You can't. Please stop. Please please stop playing radio. I'm not. That's what I would do. Ugh. Everything else there is garbage. Can I Can I tear down one thing? No. <laughs> I mean, my answer will soon be Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, I would imagine. So what Is that, that the name of it? Cosmic Cosmic no. Gr- What's Mission Breakout? That's that the one
2: right? at California That's I'm pretty sure. good, too, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. is. Uh, my answer will be the Food and Wine Festival. Okay. That's a good
2: answer. So I get to keep a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All the regular countries are out, just the booths. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. But if I can't go with that because it's not officially open, then I'll go yeah. with Spaceship Earth. Okay, Spaceship Earth.
0: That's a heck of a uh, lineup we have there, except for yours. Spaceship Earth and the World Showcase and then the land. Spaceship
1: Earth, living with the land, and a day at the Food and Wine Festival sounds
0: delightful to me. I have done those days. One of these things is not like the other.
2: I have to say, the last time we were at Epcot, Actually, the last few times seeing it like starting to come together with like mm-hmm. the construction and like more opening up and like the look and feel of it, it's moving up my list of parks. Yeah, it used to be at the top and it dropped way down. So I'm very excited for. It never next dropped year. To making a comeback. It? Yeah, it dropped a four. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I got tired of going and just walking around the world showcase. That's all you could do for a while. It seemed like.
1: Yeah. And finally, the Magic Kingdom. Space Mountain. Space mountain. Michael?
2: I'm gonna spend the day sitting on the bench at the top of the train station looking down Main Street. If I can only do one thing, can it last the whole day? I don't think you could do that. Well, I mean I'd use the bathroom and stuff. No. No, I like well, I can't use the bathroom. <laughs> You'd be so close to
1: all those rides, but uh, sit there. Enjoy. I mean you should sit when, when like he takes a, a day off of work to just hang around the house. Um, especially like in the summer where he could just sit by the pool. He'll go out there for 15, 20 minutes and then that's enough sitting for Michael. He likes to be doing something.
2: Yeah. But if I can only do one thing, it's not like I could get up and go ride rides. I could get up and go ride ride and then I would have to leave. Yeah. I could ride space mountain a lot. Oh, you can ride it more than once. Sure. Oh, oh. Yeah, I guess you could. Oh, then Thunderman. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> uh Mine would be the people mover.
0: Long, corn dogs. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to get off. That would get annoying. Like, whoa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would get bored. Well, yeah, I wouldn't ride it a million times. I'd ride it and then leave. All right. And finally, if you were the king of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, what would your first order of business be? Mine would be succeeding from Florida.
0: Yeah, like a Vatican City type situation. <laughs> yeah, like a Vatican yeah. City type and situation. And build a wall. Yeah. Everybody's so happy about walls, Let's build one. Yeah. Big one. And a moat. Ooh, moat. Put gators in it. They would get in there immediately yeah. anyway. We don't, you don't have to put yeah, gators They'll, in they'll it. just come right in. It'll be great. That handles itself. Uh plus one. But also, if I were the king of anything, I would require everyone else to wear the uniforms. Oh, like yeah? space like space suits and stuff. You know, the uh, the jumpsuits. Like we're in the future. Okay. And we're gonna eat food in pill form. Like a... Uh was that
1: Logan's Run situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Michael?
2: I was joking about it at dinner, but I'm going to go under the assumption that Disney has been secretly building a Site B somewhere else in the country.
0: Issa Nubla.
2: And I would relocate Reedy Creek District to there. Yeah. We should rename it, too, to, to
1: yeah. Disney World. Or, you know what? Yeah. Maybe they have... City. S- maybe- <laughs> Progress
0: City. That's what they should call Oh, there you go, yeah.
1: Not only have they been preparing Site B, but all they've been doing is digging a big pit. Because in Site A, they've got those um, uh, Ultron bots to Uh. like uh, Sokovia that thing. Mm. And they're just going to pick it up and fly it to I don't think there's enough
2: ground in Florida to attach rockets to the bottom of it. Well,
0: we'll add some concrete. It'll be fine. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. That means there'll be like a second Lake
0: Okeechobee in the middle of the state. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one more reason to never go to Central Florida ever again because oh. there's nothing there anymore. there's nothing
2: there but I have family there oh tell them to move <laughs> <laughs> all right and that's it for small topics thanks Jason those were some fun small topics news there is one very big Disney news item in the news this week especially today as we record this episode we won't however be discussing it in this episode, as we try to keep the show lighthearted as much as possible, and this is decidedly not so. At least for me, I don't know how you guys feel. It yeah. also <laughs> means nothing. I just don't want to talk about it. Um Anyway, I wanted to mention it just so it was clear that we are aware of it, as we what? hinted in the small topics. In the it,
1: for those of you who are <laughs> listening in the future, the it is the uh the Florida... Legislature decided to, or passed the bill to revoke, air quotes, the uh, Reedy Creek <laughs> Improvement District. But it has a lot of loopholes and probably is unconstitutional
2: and... I don't like that it's retaliatory. Yeah, it's definitely retaliatory. So, that's the it. Hooey. It's hooey. It is hooey. But there are four less dramatic yet exciting news items discussed this week at Walt Disney World. Number one, Walt Disney World's mask requirement no longer in effect. So for the first time since the summer of 2020, Walt Disney World has dropped their mask requirement not only in the parks and indoors, but also on all transportation on property.
1: For the first time in, since 2020.
2: Disney continues to recommend guests who are not fully vaccinated continue wearing face coverings in all indoor locations, including indoor attractions and theaters and on enclosed transportation. Masks have been a requirement at Walt Disney World in some capacity since the parks reopened from the COVID-19 shutdown in mid-July of 2020. The parks then went through various stages of mask requirements, including at all locations, indoors only, to the most recently only required on enclosed transportation. Disney's policy change follows a recent ruling by a federal judge that the CDC's mask mandate on public transportation was not valid, and major airlines and other transportation providers have also stopped requiring masks. So yeah, just in time for summer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was weird to like you're going up to the monorail and you're like, oh, wait, I need to pull on my mm-hmm. mask here. Yeah. So I did see some videos of uh like I guess when that um ruling came down. Uh or when I guess the airlines changed their policies. They announced it to people mid flight too. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing that they didn't have to wear their mask anymore. Because honestly, wearing a mask on an airplane across country is just it's not great.
0: For a, for a short flight, I may still do it just because there's gunk going around those planes all no, the time. No, they got that. You just, it's not when, you, it's not you, when sh- you shoot that air right down in your nose. It's not when you're in the air. It's when you're sitting there for an hour, like each way, like takeoff and landing. You still got the air conditioner going. No, that ain't the good air anymore. Yeah. You know, I, would, I, I don't would, even
2: act like it's that good air. I it would was, probably still wear it on like if you're like crowded in the gangway, like waiting to board the flight. Yeah. There's no airflow. Nobody in will there. ever
0: stop you from wearing a mask.
2: Also, the airport, in except general.
0: Disney, where adults can't wear masks at Halloween. That's <laughs> that's
2: true. True. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's cool. Number two, character meet and greets now allow touching and hugging. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like the way that's worded. Walt Disney World took another major step at getting back to pre pandemic normalcy with the return of non socially distanced character meet and greets. The in park meet and greets now allow hugs, autographs, and normal close up interactions. In the My Disney Experience app, all the C character descriptions have been replaced by meat. Since, oh, nice. Uh, C, S-E-E, and yes. meet as M-E-E-T. Not S-E-A. Yeah, and not or, M-E-A-T. Or like the C-list <laughs> characters like Daisy Duck. <laughs> right. <laughs> S-E-A and M-E-A-T. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm.
0: Since, I don't want to go here anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Since the Disney theme parks reopened from the pandemic closure in summer of 2020, character appearances have been physically distanced. Not all character entertainment has returned, however, including Adventured Outpost at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh no! Tinker Bell at Town Square Theater, and Star Wars characters at Launch Bay. Also, those set to return soon are Fantasmic at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and The Finding Nemo musical at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So here's the current lineup according to WW Magic at the Magic Kingdom. Head on over to Princess Fairy Tail Hall, or see Mickey Mouse at Town Square Theater. At Epcot, you have a a large selection. Uh, you have Mickey Mouse at the Pixar Short Film Festival, Alice in the United Kingdom, Anna and Elsa at Royal Summerhouse, Belle in France, Goofy and Pluto at the main entrance, Donald Duck in Mexico, Minnie Mouse in World Showcase Gazebo, <laughs> Mulan in China, and Snow White in Germany. At Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney Junior Pals in Animation Courtyard, Olaf at Celebrity Spotlight, and coming soon is Sully at Walt Disney Presents. And at Disney's Animal Kingdom, no published meet and greets are yet operating at Disney's Animal Kingdom. But the character appearances on the boats around Discovery River are still running, at least as of last week. And there are some surprise pop-up meet and greets, like Gypsy Moth and Kanai and Koda meeting guests during Earth Week. Who's, Who's gypsy? gypsy Moth? That's the, um, the Lady Moth from A Bug's Life. Oh. No. Mm. Not a real crowd she was pleaser a, there, I gotta tell she you. She a Gypsy. She, her character looks cool. I don't yeah.
0: think I've ever seen A Bug's Life. Uh, that's good. You've seen the, the five-minute version yep. of it a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's better than that.
1: Eh,
2: I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Connections Cafe opens at Epcot. So today, as we record, Connections Cafe has opened in World Celebration at Epcot to all guests, though its official opening is a couple days from now on April 27th. This is the new location of Starbucks, which recently closed near the entrance of World Showcase. It is located in the original spot of the Electric Umbrella in Future World. The Connections Eatery, which is on the other side of the building facing Guardians of the Galaxy, is not yet open, but will also open on April
0: 27th. On no, Wednesday.
2: Weird. Several Disney sites have pictures and videos, and as expected, it follows the creation shop design style. There are floor-to-ceiling glass windows offering great daylight throughout the space. And there are a number of Epcot details, including a logo glass table, wall art, and a giant mural that we talked about last week. Seating is found throughout and features a slightly raised two-tier layout in a variety of configurations and types. So it doesn't have like the second story like the electric umbrella had. Looks like they got. I don't
0: think I ever went in the electric umbrella.
2: Oh, really? Mm. They had the good uh, soda fountains Mm. that you could serve yourself. Serve yourself. Um, Anyway, if you see the pictures, it's very open uh, and looks lovely. And the background music includes new arrangements of classic Epcot theme music, including Tapestry of Nations and Celebrate the Future. What about the Horizon song? It might be in there, too. I'll have to listen to the whole loop. Okay, do it right now. Make a list. And number four, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind previews have begun. Woo! Woo! So as expected and announced, cast previews have begun for Epcot's new attraction, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. There are several reviews across the internet, so beware if you want to know as little as possible. Does it have the Guardians of the Galaxy in it? Yes. Spoiler. But I won't say which ones. Or which one.
1: Okay. Dun, dun, dun. What I can say is that
2: the reviews have been very positive so far. And as we previously discussed, additional previews will occur throughout the rest of April and most of May, leading up to the attractions opening on May 27th, 2022, which is a Friday. And, we, and we'll be previewing it on May 20th, thanks to Will. So expect our thoughts right around the time it actually opens.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. That is
2: very exciting.
0: <laughs> I was trying to say it as mundane as you did. <laughs> I enjoy, I'm going to enjoy that.
2: You did have a little emotion on it.
0: I, I, I kid.
2: So on one hand, we have to wait till almost or almost the time it opens to go on it. But they get to work out all the kinks before we get to go on it. So that part's cool.
1: Yeah, the people will lose their thumbs before. <laughs> Absolutely. Like on uh, I want to keep my thumbs.
0: Lost their whole arms.
2: Keep your hands and feet inside and the maybe, vehicle. It, maybe it'll stay open longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like for our window, we wouldn't have to wait three hours or something, you know? Yeah.
1: It is a very short window. I feel like before it was more... More hours. This time it was, well, I guess the one I'm thinking of is
0: Star Wars Land. I've only ever done Galaxy's Edge, and it was like, and they didn't make you leave either, because there was more to do. Yeah. This one, they'll make you get off and leave. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) But I'm still in the line. Sorry, your time's up. Get out of here.
2: Scram. So, yeah, that's exciting. What's also exciting is we're going to move on to our next segment because that is it for news. Woo-hoo. That was some good news, Michael, and a bad news week,
0: but good news. Yeah.
2: Tweet. This
0: week, Main Tweet USA is all about power. Oh. And this first one. It's cool mainly for the picture. So, oops. Power. but the first section of Disneyland Paris's solar canopies are now operational. So, are
2: they fully operational. <laughs> yes.
0: I thought this was really neat. And we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but it's cool. After almost two years of construction, Disneyland Paris has begun operating the first section of their solar canopy plant just in time for Earth Day. The canopies have been incorporated into the main guest parking lot, creating shade and shelter for the cars below. Over 46,000 photo, photovoltaic panels have already been installed, covering 7,000 parking spaces.
2: Did they take the ones from the Universe of Energy? Yeah, just they shipped, took them, off? shipped them right over there.
0: <laughs> the first section will supply 10 gigawatt hours per year, equivalent to the annual energy consumption of a city with 4,800 inhabitants, which is a very just specific <laughs> number. It's more of a town. Uh, the plant was co- developed through a co-investment with Erba Solar. When completed in 2023, it will have 82,000 solar panels producing 36 giga- G- gwh, I don't know if that's gigawatt hours per year. It's probably something else. Is that a capital? It's gigawatts. G or that's a what we're go it's, gigawatt. with. it's gigawatts, <laughs> I don't know. Uh anyway, which is equivalent to the annual energy consumption of a city with a 17,400 inhabitants. Again, very specific <laughs> specific. It will contribute to the reduction of local greenhouse gas emissions by approximately 890 tons of CO2 per year. With the first section of the solar canopy plant that has come online, we have reached an important milestone and another step forward in the implementation of this project, which is at the heart of Disneyland Paris' environmental strategy, aiming for a significant reduction in greenhouse gas emissions and a full decarbonization of its energy supply, said Damien Aldrich, Director of Development and Environment. That's really cool. We should do that at Disney World just for the
2: shade yeah. for the cars. There's so much parking mm-hmm. lot at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's hot. Neat. Yeah, I had no idea. And speaking of recharging,
0: Disney is launching a new paid time off program for some Walt Disney World cast members beginning in May of 2022. Eligible full-time cast members will receive two power-up days for 2022, <laughs> and eligible part-time cast members will receive one day. This includes domestic full-time and part-time salary positions and non-union hourly cast, imagineers, and employees. It will work with union representatives to offer a similar program for Walt Disney World's many union cast members. According to Disney, Power Up Days are to allow cast members time to rest, recharge, and focus on well-being and mental health. The Power Up Days program is expected to be a one-time offering for 2022, unless it's very successful. I wonder how they decide if it's successful. I don't know. They get good PR from it. (laughs) So... There you go. thought it was neat. Yeah, that's super weird. We're adding two PTO days, but just for this year.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's nice. They're but... getting
0: some bad PR lately, and then good. Uh, they're trying to just do something. I guess. Yeah.
2: Look at this. Look over here, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's Mental good...
0: health days. Those are important, right? Well, yeah, I think, you know, that's good. You get some. Okay. Thanks. What about more money? I'm sorry? Hmm? Can't hear you.
2: I, I hear the mental health days are a real plus. Just wait till Site B opens.
1: <laughs> Isa Nubla.
2: <laughs> and that's it for Main Tweet USA. Thanks, Will. That was a great trip down Main Tweet USA in Paris and beyond.
0: Today's topic, Attraction Spotlight. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage. feel like we've waited a long time to do this one for us old-time Disney World fans. Yeah. I ain't never rode this one. Well, spoiler, it wasn't that great. I rode the
1: Nemo one in Disneyland. Yeah. It hurt my back.
2: Yeah. I bet this one would, too, as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid, this was awesome, though. Agreed. Yeah. The I've, ride-throughs do not... Uh, I've never been on it as an adult, so I don't have a good yeah
0: and you never will nope. as we continue to celebrate Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary this week we're going to discuss another opening day ish attraction at the <laughs> Magic Kingdom 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage <laughs> 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 I'd just like to point out that Michael wrote this copy and I enjoy reading it <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm just I'm reading it in your voice now in my head <laughs> You might even think it's a whale of a tail, considering (laughs) it no longer exists. Now, the reason I say ish is technically it opened two weeks after the park opened, but we still consider it an opening day attraction because we said so. Mm -hmm. In short, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage was an attraction at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World from 1971 through 1994. Based on the characters and settings of the 1954 Disney film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it was a re-theming of the submarine voyage attraction at Disneyland. The ride involved a 20-minute submarine ride through a lagoon filled with sea life and mermaids. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know much about this attraction nor experienced it, you can't fathom how cool <laughs> it was. And it is in our memories. L-O-L. <laughs> but you did just laugh out loud. That's so my yeah. shout-out to
2: Retro WW. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like it. Very good. All right, let's talk about the original attraction. In 1959, an ambitious expansion of Tomorrowland and Disneyland was completed, which included the addition of new attractions, including the Matterhorn bobsleds, monorail, and submarine voyage. As initially conceived, the submarine voyage was to feature real fish and other sea creatures, though the idea proved to be unfeasible, much like the original Jungle (laughs) Cruise idea. A lot of Walt's ideas, huh? Sir, we can't do that. You can't have a lion that might jump in the boat. I don't know what to tell you. You tell him. I'm not telling him. (laughs) A major portion of the ride simulated the voyage under the Arctic Ocean's polar ice cap undertaken by the nuclear submarine USS Nautilus on August 3rd, 1958. Commissioned on June 6, 1959 in front of Richard Nixon, Walt Disney and his wife Lillian, and officers of the U.S. Navy, the attraction made use of early animatronics to create underwater life and the use of forced perspective to increase the feeling of realism. Eight submarines painted in Cold War friendly gray <laughs> took guests through the attraction, which took place in a lagoon visible from Tomorrowland and a large show building hidden behind two waterfalls. It became extremely popular with guests and Walt Disney Imagineering consequently planned for more elaborate for a more elaborate version for the forthcoming Florida Project concept. I mean, the podcast. Oh, he means they mean the Florida. project. Maybe.
2: Maybe they're going to make us an attraction.
0: Which would become Walt Disney World. Oh, our attraction would be amazing mm-hmm. or amazingly bad. I'm not sure which. I not know. Future note for small topic. <laughs> what would our <laughs> attraction be based on the podcast? All right. A new yet same attraction in Florida. <laughs> the successor of this attraction was the Jules Verne-themed 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea submarine voyage at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. The attraction was given a Nautilus theme and a narration by Peter Renaday, whose voice was similar to that of actor James Mason, who portrayed Captain Nemo in the 1954 Disney film. It is popularly believed that the Magic Kingdom attraction was originally intended to have been installed in place of the submarine voyage at Disneyland in 1959, as the two attractions were identical except for the theming and some elements of the plot. It is also believed that the ride's corporate sponsor, General Dynamics, preferred to keep the original concept. And so the submarine voyage opened in 59 with a non specific theme and with nuclear as opposed to Victorian <laughs> submarines. I'm sorry, it's nuclear. I apologize. Nuclear. Despite the efforts of the construction and installation teams attached to the 20,000 Leagues project, the attraction opened two weeks after the Magic Kingdom did due to infrastructure problems with the lagoon, mainly the lagoon's ability to hold water, which is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, though. that's a, That's like number one. You want that. When you dig a hole and put water in it, you want the water to stay there.
1: <laughs> maybe that's what's happening with uh,
2: Fantasmic.
1: Yeah. maybe it's just sprung
2: a leak. keeps draining out. I don't know um, what to tell you. I mean, it'll be are tough. there any
1: admirals around that can come help us?
2: And the funny thing too about the twenty thousand league—I can't remember if this is later in the thing—but like, because Magic Kingdom was built on top of the Utilidors, yeah, the lagoon wasn't actually in the ground; it was above the ground. <laughs> like the bottom of the lagoon was ground level, so it's, <laughs> it's a trashy above-ground yeah. pool. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But it has a nice deck around it. It so does. Fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: fine. I, hey, I love above ground pools as a kid. We didn't even have one of those. So, I mean. But my neighbor had a good in ground like pool. So, it was nice. Yeah. Good. Were you friends with them? A little bit. Friends enough. Friendly. <laughs> Friend enough. <laughs> On October 14, 1971, it was open for business. The completed attraction covered almost a quarter of fantasy land, including the lagoon and hidden show buildings surrounded by palm trees and volcanic rock, meant to evoke the impression of Captain Nemo's Pacific Island Base, Volcania. A storage facility at the back of the show building served to house submarines removed from the main line during day-to-day operation and also included a dry dock for repair work. Even with as large as the attraction was when it opened, it was actually only a third of what it was originally going to be. Hmm. As one of the original e-ticket attractions, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea submarine voyage was a great success. The crews of it and of Jungle Cruise often competed for which attraction could dazzle more visitors in a day, and 20,000 Leagues always won for a while. As the company expected 20,000 was extremely popular from the offset. As a result, the permanently sheltered queue area constantly filled to capacity, even on moderately busy days flowing beyond the turnstiles and out into Fantasyland's main thoroughfare. The company's first response to this situation was to add a long green canopy structure that stretched East from the turnstiles down towards the mad tea party. They added similar shade devices at the haunted mansion and the hall of presidents. Uh, and whoever, honestly, the, not having that shade at the Hall of Presidents, seriously, who, who, who said that was going to be okay? Yeah, honestly, that's crazy. Did they? Did they ever go to Florida and stand <laughs> right. there for more than twenty minutes? <laughs> so how big was it? It was so big. Where did it go? Where was it? Are we going to talk about that at some point? Yes. The next section is called the site.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And if not, we can talk about it more.
0: I mean, it's where new fantasy land is. Yeah. So. Okay.
2: Basically. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Guests approaching the attraction often found that their weight began outside the coral wall of the proper queue area and underneath that canopy, where they would stand for up to 10 minutes before reaching the entrance <laughs> turnstiles. Today, it would be three hours. Yeah. That's like uh, Slinky Dog.
1: When they, you know, you get out from behind the thing onto the bridge, and they're like, well, we, we put these umbrellas up. Let's do what you want.
0: <laughs> what else do you want? Yeah. You're in shade. Sort of. Shut it. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast live on stage has no weight right now. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go sit over there.
1: You think in universe those little umbrellas are like the little
0: umbrellas you put in a They drink. 100% absolutely are cocktail umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. And there we go. We just solved the problem. Yep. Done. While 20,000 League's animatronic and animation effects improved only slightly on the Disneyland original, and its illusion of diving was no more convincing. That's not fair. I was convinced as a child. Well, you were an It's just saying it, it wasn't term. any
2: more convincing than the Disneyland version. Ah,
0: they said dive and the
2: bubbles went. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going down. Nah.
0: <laughs> the art direction for 20,000 League's sets was far more lush and delicate than it was in Submarine Voyage. As with the lagoon scenes, the depth of field in the Florida show building was greater than in California and provided a more substantial canvas for the forced perspective scenery.
2: The funniest thing was when you're on the submarine and you die, but you can look up the, the left the hatch open up top and you can see the sky. Yeah. Well don't do that, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Ruin the realism. Well, it's not my fault. Someone it's, wasn't doing their job. It's like in flight of passage, you just look over oh, wait a minute. Actually, no, I appreciated the opening in case they needed to make an escape. Oh, okay. <laughs> And they shoved you down in that small hole,
0: <laughs> climbed
1: down this le- That was. I'm surprised people didn't get seriously injured on that
0: every yeah. single hour. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. It was very steep. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the site. The job site in Florida required little excavation since the rest of the park was built up to an average of 15 feet. Therefore, the bottom of the lagoon was able to conveniently rest below Fantasyland Street level without breaking the topsoil, while the perimeter was either filled in or lined by the walls of the park's tunnels directly to the west of the main lagoon were the kingdom's subterranean employee locker rooms. <laughs> The show building was erected over the northeast portion of the ride track, and its southern facade was shrouded within false rock formations and waterfall pools. Um, I would just like to go back to the subterranean,
1: subterranean employee, employee locker 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 rooms. rooms yes. I feel like they should call them the subterranean employee layer. Yeah. yeah I I if it's subterranean, it's a layer
2: or a dungeon.
0: Yeah. Like Hold my there. office, you could call that a layer. The sets were assembled on site with hundreds of scenic pieces fabricated at Disney's Mapo Division in California and Florida Staff Shop. From small bits of coral to, immense, to the immense giant squid, nearly everything was produced in duplicate form so riders on both sides of the submarine could see the exact same scenery at the exact same time. Uh. The primary building materials for the set items were fiberglass, concrete, and silicon rubber. Ice formations, ancient ruins, and diving parties were installed along the floor of the lagoon or suspended from the ceiling of the main show building. Within that warehouse, a series of catwalks and bridges permitted work crews access to the mechanisms that would animate many of the ride's effects. I would
2: have loved to walk on those catwalks while the ride was in operation. Would you walk the catwalk? I would. <laughs> Dramatically, I would. too. <laughs> um, so inside that
1: show building, it wasn't underwater, was it? The building? Yeah. It was not
0: subterranean. Or no, it wasn't full of water.
2: No. It was just a covered, it was just like the lagoon, except it was inside. Yeah. They put a roof on it. So they can make it dark and they can control the lighting and suspend things. Like
0: out in the lagoon, it's like the one at Disneyland where you could see the daylight. And they just had a couple of things here and there. But they had all the real animatronics and stuff on the inside. Yeah, the story. But is there still water on the inside? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It ju- they just covered it.
2: Oh, yeah. It wasn't like uh, dry. Like it wasn't dry for water, if okay. that's what you mean. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I mean. Until it sprang a leak.
2: Yeah. Then it was very dry.
0: Above the turnstiles was a mast flying nautical signal flags, which spell out 20,000 leagues and SEMA four. What's that? Is that what the flag language is? Flag language, probably. Okay. You can learn more about it at the Red Lobster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have all those flags. <laughs> Just inside the queue area was a maze of metal railings and switchbacks and ensconced with volcanic rock outcroppings throughout which were interspersed the vertical beams upon which the metal roof structure was supported. That's oddly specific. <laughs> Several ceiling fans were mounted to the overhead ductwork from speakers in the ceiling nautical songs such as Blow the Man Down and Whale of a Tail played for the waiting crowds. Along the shores of the lagoon, small beaches were built, one with a chest of abandoned pirate treasure. The team of cast members operating the attraction played the roles of Nemo's ever-silent crew and even more authentic replicas of the screen production and wore authentic replicas of the screen productions costumes. I remember that. Those were neat. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that uh that yeah. theming. That is neat. All right, let's talk about the quote submarines. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> One of the signature pieces of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was the fleet of 12 passenger vehicles adapted for theme park use from Harper Goff's Nautilus design for the 1954 Disney live-action version by Disney Imagineer George McGinnis. The basic hulls were constructed by Morgan Yacht in Clearwater, Florida, with the final building work being transferred to Tampa ship midway through. Another veteran imagineer, Bob Gurr, oversaw the project. Upon delivery at Walt Disney World in August of seventy one, the vehicles weighed some forty tons and were installed into a concrete guide track mounted on top of a mechanism that limited bumping accidents. So no bumper cars on the,
1: the twenty thousand. Okay. That's
2: basically the same technique they use in the juggle cruise.
1: Oh wait, are the the skippers driving it? Mm. Like they're not.
0: No. Okay. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, they probably I mean, power it yes. up and power it down, but... Yeah, Captain but- Nemo was driving it. But they, they don't have the throttle like the Jungle Cruise. No. Mm. Skippers. No. Okay. Sorry. Well, that's, a, that's unfortunate.
0: Well, it's dead now anyway, so it doesn't matter. Good. The attraction vehicles were not actual submarines, <laughs> <laughs> but instead boats in which the guests sat below water level. The interiors were a mix of metal paneling, rivets, and bolts, as well as Victorian-esque fittings in the form of passenger seats that could flip out, outwards and armrests beneath the portholes in keeping with the Harper Golf concept from the 1954 film. Each guest aboard the Nautilus had his or her own seat, as well as a round porthole to look out into the attraction. A small button located in the porthole recess was intended for defogging the window if needed, though this rarely worked. <laughs> was it was it a little like, uh, like uh, a <laughs> wiper? Like a windshield? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's broke. Sorry. <laughs> Above the seating area was the sail, as it was known to the employees, where the helmsman stood and controlled the vehicle's operation. The diving effect was produced by bubble machines located throughout the attraction, as well as using the waterfalls at the entrance to the show building. Each of the 12 vehicles accommodated a total of 40 riders. Uh, and by the way, they still looked cool. That was oh, yeah the concept. I mean, 20, the best thing about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is one, the song, Whale of a Tail. And number two is how cool that Nautilus, Nautilus looked.
2: Yeah, and the, great design. The lagoon itself and Fantasyland, even when it wasn't being used, was yeah. always beautiful.
0: Oh, it was beautiful, very pretty. Um, but yeah, these these subs
2: were really awesome. Looking. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael, tell us about the ride. Well, despite the extensive twenty thousand leagues under the sea overhaul the attraction was given, essentially it was still the same as its California counterpart, Submarine Voyage in both its underwater show scenes and narration, except for a few occasional differences. The adventure began as the guests made their way down into the back of the submarine, bending to miss the low-level raised rear hatch and finding a place on board. Throughout the voyage, an eerie organ version of the Disney film's main theme would play on a never-ending loop, allowing for narration backing as well as a piece of stall music if required. Following the standard Disney-style introduction and safety notes from the helmsman, the narration in the voice of Captain would begin. With the submarine clear of the dock, the diving sequence would begin with hundreds of air bubbles filling the porthole view, creating the illusion of descent. Once clear, the captain introduced himself to his passengers and then introduced them to the underwater plains around Volcania. In the lagoon, guests could see moray eels, crabs, lobsters, sea bass, clams, and turtles, as well as a host of smaller tropical fish.
0: Was Captain Nemo the bad guy in that movie? Well, yeah, kinda. But not really. Didn't he learn his lesson or something? Near the end?
2: I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. The squid was the bane bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. Kirk <Kurt laughs> Douglas was a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, minutes
0: later... Oh, and that oh. and that seal. His oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot the seal's name. Kiss
1: but- from a
2: rose No, on- not that seal.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. We're done here.
2: <laughs> minutes later, in another tribute to the Disney film, an underwater party of divers would come into view as animatronics wearing replicas of the Harper-Goff-designed deep-sea diving equipment worked kelp beds, and wrangled with rebellious turtles. (laughs)
0: Like the teenage ninja ones? (laughs) Maybe.
2: (laughs) With the bubbles from the waterfall at the cavern entrance simulating a surface storm, the captain would order the submarine down into the depths as a precaution, and the guests enter the show-building section of the attraction. Within minutes, the devastation such a natural phenomenon can create was made clear with the ominous graveyard of lost ships. Mm -mm. With shipwrecks from various centuries littering the seabed, guarded by the silent, gliding figure of sharks.
1: I wonder if there was any of that pirate gold down there.
2: Aztec gold. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. Leaving the destruction behind, the Nautilus would reach the North Pole, circumnavigating the polar ice cap from below the surface and narrowly avoiding large icebergs stabbing through the water. Venturing deeper, the Nautilus entered the eerie world of the abyss, where guests viewed examples of the many weird and strange species of deepwater fish that thrive in such an environment. Rising slightly, one of the final discoveries made is the ruins of Atlantis, along with a typical Disney-fied sea serpent of mermaids and a treasury bursting with jewels and gold. Found it! It was there. I wonder if Kida was there. She would have been. She should have been, I, I guess. Tease for later. Please. Ooh. With the. Ru- Nothing happened. I'm <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> Just stop it. Don't get intrigued. <laughs> Nothing happened. With the ruins of the ancient civilization soon left behind, the Nautilus would enter the final phase of its journey with a tribute to the most iconic and memorable part of the 1954 Disney film, The Attack of the Giant Squid. Yes. After seeing a much smaller sister Nautilus trapped in the clutches of one such creature, Curiously marked 13 on the tail fin. Mm. the passenger submarine would be attacked by long thrashing tentacles.: It was scary. Uh, I still have the image of that little tiny nautilus it, like, because force perspective, it was this mm-hmm. little tiny one like inside the squid. Yeah like, oh, that's the ship in front of us. <laughs> Yikes. With a final push to the surface, the nautilus would clear the caverns of the dangerous squid and enter the safety of the tropical lagoon on its way towards the dock.:
0: We made it. Yay. That's exciting.
2: They should rebuild this attraction.
0: Okay. We should ride it next time we're down there.
2: Yeah. Sadly, it sunk. Though the attraction was a guest favorite and remained popular throughout its existence, it was expensive to maintain as well as having a low hourly loading capacity for an attraction of its size and expense. It was closed on September 5th, 1994 without advance notice for (laughs) what was hourly termed a temporary maintenance period. The ride was set to reopen in the summer of 1996, but in April of the same year, the closure was officially made permanent. They were
0: too excited for the uh, Atlanta Summer Olympics. Yeah. They were just getting ready. We all were. We had Olympic
2: fever. It was great. There were a few other reasons the attraction was permanently closed, mainly to do with maintaining the attraction over the years, according to 20kride.com. Fantasyland Management did not rehab the attraction annually. 20,000 Leagues opened in 1971, but... By 1978, it had gone through only one rehab in seven years of operation, and it may have only gone through two or three rehabs in its entire history. The other big problem was that Disney had dynamited the Seven Seas Lagoon until they hit the Florida Aquifer to bring water up to fill that lagoon, which is man made. That is fantastic. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to keep digging until we fill this hole.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. Near it's down there, I know there's water there. <laughs>
2: nearby Bay Lake is natural. So all the water at Walt Disney World is derived from the Florida aquifer, not city water. It was that water that was used to fill 20,000 leagues. City water. They had to chlorinate the heck out of it to keep it clean, clear, and it was the chlorine and God knows what other chemicals, this is a quote from that site, (laughs) that ate the paint off everything in the 20,000 lagoon, including the boats. Water in the lagoon was also used to help cool the engines of the subs, which I'm sure caused a multitude of technical problems all the chemicals in there. Wow,
0: And just the, the
2: Florida water. You can just smell the sulfur. Post-closure, several vehicles were left stationary in the lagoon and by the dock before the entire fleet was eventually pulled from the attraction in 1996. The submarines were regularly moved around to different locations in Walt Disney World backstage for several years until eventually being stripped and buried in a landfill in 2004. <laughs> well, that's sad. Wow. Three of the vehicles were saved from the fleet's demise. Two were shipped to be sunk in the snorkeling lagoon at Castaway Key, Disney's private island. Here, the two submarines were placed in various areas of the snorkeling lagoon and covered with cargo netting to help sea life and microbial corrosion cling to it. As of 2008, only one of those two nautilus submarines still exists, but both its wheelhouse and dorsal fin have been destroyed by hurricane weather. The third submarine was first moved to Kew for the backlot tour of Disney's Hollywood Studios, but was eventually moved to an empty lot. When the tour was still open, it could be seen next to some props from Star Wars or Pirates of the Caribbean. When the tour closed, the submarine was put in storage, but has been taken out and displayed at various Disney events, still in fairly good condition.
1: We went and snorkeled down to that ship.
2: We did. It definitely looked weird. It had no tail fin and yeah. stuff. I just assumed they took it off so it wouldn't cut people. Yeah, It looked sharp. I'm glad they kept one. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad that they went from 12 down to 1. I feel like today they could
0: find a lot of ways to make a lot of money off this stuff if they wanted to. Just make it a photo op.
2: Especially, remember
1: that Disney Plus show with the archives? and It was mm-hmm. just a show with this guy going, wow, look at that! Exactly. <laughs> wow, look at that!
2: Prop culture, I yep. believe it was called. The lagoon remained as a scenic viewpoint and was renamed Ariel's Grotto, complete with a King Triton spouting statue until 2004, when the water was drained and the sets and infrastructure were demolished. Pooh's Playful Spot was built where the attraction formerly stood and operated between 2005 and 2010, before making way for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as part of the Fantasyland expansion. However, the exterior of the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventures contains a silhouette of the Nautilus in a rock, like we mentioned last week. And the Tiki Bar, Trader Sam's Grog Grotto at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, serves a cocktail called the Nautilus, which is itself served in a stylized drinking vessel resembling the submarine. I have it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plant in it? I can't remember. No.
1: Oh, you should put a plant in it.
2: Okay. Where is it? Not where a plant would thrive. Put it's... a fake plant in it. We
1: have uh, fake grass in our um, Trader Sam's Tiki Room thing. It looks great. Okay. Oh,
2: is it on that shelf behind the couch? Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. try it in a picture. Get some
0: fake grass and put it in there. The drink is not great. What was it? It oh, was like a hurricane, or something. It was strong, and there was a lot of it. Technically, it's a drink for two, but you know, whatever. That's what they say. Two babies. <laughs> I'll I mean. let them know how many drinks I can have. Yeah. Also, I know I've told this story on the podcast, but they put a little of the, the Nautilus water into the the Little Mermaid like
2: little pool there. Oh yeah. When they opened it, they said they did. Yeah. Oh. But it, as we it's, learned, it's just Florida water. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that they just dynamite until <laughs> they hit water. That's how you
2: did things back in yeah. the seventies. But then what? Stop. They basically made a spring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know, they're imagineers. They figured out a way. They they dumped the rest of it into the jungle cruise. It's a wonder those uh Utilidors haven't like full on flooded.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um they may have. Like we wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Full on. It's though. almost pretty dark. Michael. Like filled I mean, all the way up. Like, you mean the uh,
0: subterranean uh, locker rooms?
1: Yeah.
2: The layer. Yeah, the I want to layer. be in that room right next to the lagoon. Full. I, I fully
1: believe, before anybody says anything, I fully believe that it does flood down there. But I'm talking about oh, you mean floor like to ceiling. Gurgle,
0: gurgle. Everyone drowns. <laughs> it's flooded. like a submarine down yeah. there when it's sinking. Like uh, Close the hatch. <laughs>
2: yeah see a giant wall of water coming down mickey's not gonna make it the we final have to- <laughs> act of titanic flooding we
0: have to close this pressure door <laughs> And mickey's just floating <laughs> oh
2: my god i got dark that did
0: fine if i said it was uh daisy
2: no it's still dark the ducks can swim so Kita? Be no half no. The people wouldn't
0: know who she was she wouldn't drown
2: yeah it's true princess fr- can
0: she drink water? i, I don't i don't remember
2: I don't, I don't remember
1: they aren't underwater they're in a bubble they're not underwater oh that's
0: not that aquaman aquaman can drink underwater he can or breathe underwater
2: yes he's an aqua man right he speaks to the fish yeah all right well some good news something's resurfacing oh really Ooh. so over at disneyland the original attraction remained open until 1998 and over the next several years, it was closed, but was to be reimagined based on several different properties like Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Treasure Planet, and <laughs> The Little Mermaid. Treasure Planet? Yeah. Huh. We're going to retheme it to Atlantis. <laughs> Treasure Planet? Eh. But it was planned until, like, both of those movies were flops and then they yeah. changed their plans. Fine. We're just going to leave this as this. They were good movies. During this period of uncertainty, the lagoon languished as scenery but in 2007 the attraction opened again rethemed to Pixar's Finding Nemo. Now we got us a hit. It was the first major theme park project for Bob Iger who became CEO for the Walt Disney Company in 2005 and the first major project for John Lasseter in his role as principal creative advisor for Imagineering. So while it's different from the original Submarine Voyage as well as 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage, its spirit is alive and well they still temporarily closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Sure. Yeah. When we were there it was drained and they were like painting all the coral. <laughs> so maybe they're getting ready. <laughs> yeah, they might be. It looked really pretty. It was not a great
0: attraction. It's the as an adult. I didn't nah. I, It was it was nice to go down there. It was like, "Ah. All right, I'm ready for something else" soon as soon as I got down there. It was just uncomfortable. Yeah, I and and
1: really like after COVID or in this post-COVID world, um you're really aware when you're crammed into a place mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. and surfaces that other people are touching and breathing on. Yeah, I,
0: I, don't, I don't know that I would want to get back in one of those submarines. I would like to go back and ride 20,000 Leagues again because I feel like it was better than the Finding Nemo submarine voyage. It had like a story. Yeah. And there was some action in it.
2: Yeah, I don't really remember a lot from Finding Nemo, except I remember there were show scenes that I was surprised at. Like- yeah. It was it was more than what I've expected it to be but other than that I don't really remember.
0: The problem was it was also uncomfortable to watch too because as an adult you have to like yeah. bend
2: over to see out the porthole. And the seats aren't comfortable. It's no. really this little fold out thing.
0: But other than all that it's great. I really enjoy it. It's worth the
2: wait. It's still um the idea of it's really cool. Yeah. Like I think it was a good good attraction. Well our final section is trivia and I have named it not a lot of trivia, but I spelled it like Nautilus. Yeah, I get it. Best <laughs> in the business, Michael. So the victim sub in the grip of the giant squid is marked as 13, making it the 13 Nautilus in the fleet. The fact that there was an unlucky sub number 13 on both sides of the track may be why the ride is sometimes cited as having 14 subs. Because mm. there are two mm. number 13s. So guests heard the voices of two different helmsmen during each ride. The first was that of their aforementioned driver, a real employee who would address them at the beginning and end of the experience. The second was a recorded helmsman whose voice was part of the bride's narration tapes. The two seldom sounded anything alike and only the latter exchanged words with Nemo as part of the storyline. It's well known among... Many Disneyland fans had older visitors to the park reminisce a lot about the live mermaids that used to swim through the Submarine Voyage Lagoon in 1960s and simultaneously lament the fact that they were retired because the chlorine content of the water was bad for their hair and skin. But before those mermaids could lounge around and wave to guests on the mainland, they had to swim across the lagoon to a coral plateau in the center of the lagoon, which resulted in a punishing chemical bath on their way to and from the job site. (laughs) While 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea did have animatronic mannequin mermaids, I couldn't find any proof of live mermaids being used at the Magic Kingdom. So if someone knows otherwise, they can write in, but I couldn't find any reference to that, even though that was popular in Florida during that time. Yeah. Live
0: mermaids? Yeah.
2: I've, yeah.
1: Seen,
0: I've seen that in movies and stuff.
2: Yeah, and it seems Do they
1: just... have them in other places at Disney? Like on the Lagoon? I don't know. Not I don't, I don't that
2: I know of. I know they had them other places in Central Florida. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really know. So anyway, that brings us to the end of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage. We have resurfaced, you might say? Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a good trip down memory lane and underwater, however many you know, however many leagues deep a league is or whatever. 20,000 leagues. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Whatever it is, it's a lot. Yeah. Let's get out of this
1: sub. Um, somebody farted in there.
0: Yeah. So if you have farted in a submarine, why don't you let us know by emailing us over at info at look for us over on tfppodcast.com over on instagram and reddit at slash tfppodcast we're on twitter at tfp underscore podcast uh if you enjoyed today's episode uh please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher and buy some t-shirts over at shop.tfppodcast.com and you can also listen to some exclusive patreon only contents available to you if you support the show on patreon.com slash tfppodcast that's all i got anything else You got one more pun in, yeah, I know you do.
2: So it's a shame they got rid of the 20,000 League Under Sea Lagoon, but it had become a dive over the years. Thanks for listening, we'll see you real soon.
3: This is Captain Nemo speaking. Welcome aboard the Nautilus. We are proceeding on a course that will take us on a voyage. 20,000 leagues under the sea. En route we will pass beneath the polar ice cap, and then probe depths seldom seen by man. So make yourselves comfortable. But please, remain seated at all times. Here among the reefs, you will see many familiar inhabitants of the undersea world. We have passed beneath the North Pole and are now descending into that region in deeper water where the sun has never penetrated. Here, in this realm of eternal darkness, nature has provided her creatures with their own eerie luminescence. We've reached maximum depth limit. Take her back up to 80 fathoms. fathoms. There are limits beyond which man and his puny efforts cannot survive. We have almost exceeded those limits. Usual formation of starboard, sir. Ah, these crumbling heaps of stone betray the hand of man. I believe we've made a startling discovery. These classic ruins could very well be the legendary lost continent of Atlantis. Some scholars theorize that a remarkable civilization was destroyed by a tremendous volcano others treat any concept of Atlantis as pure fantasy, along with legends of sea serpents and mermaids. Beg your pardon, sir, but did you say sea serpents are mere fantasies? Belay there, mate. Anyone in his right mind knows there's no such thing as a sea serpent or mermaids. Mr. Baxter, if you think you're seeing mermaids and sea monsters, you've been submerged too long. the needle, sir. Experiencing unusual It's already underwater sir. By Neptune's flippers. This confirms it. That seething mountain still denies rest to the civilization it submerged thousands of generations ago. Helmsman, steer clear of the tottering columns! Red alert! Red alert. Trim the tanks. Hit it. Do it. It's disabled. That's the Good Lord. It's one of ours. Its hull has been crushed like an eggshell. Another monster is attacking forwards. Full repellent charge. Repellent charge, aye. aye. A voltage. All ahead. Emergency maneuver. All engines. Stand by to surface. I. I. Surface! 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 All pages, sir. Proceed on course. All ahead. Oh God, Station the maneuvering watch.